Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and Zach. Are you gentlemen ready to wear some capes and grow out your mountain chops? Yeah, I mean, I'm all about about the beards, you know. Got up until recently, I was very about the beards. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, Callus is. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I uh, happened to walk by my wife's uh, headbands, and I was like, "I'm wearing this because this is like a, a Lando cast," and uh, he would approve of this floral uh, print that I have going on. Uh, I also have a glass of whiskey because that came up in the discord the other day is what would Lando drink? And the answer is Lando would get drunk before he goes out to the bar so he can spend as little as possible at the bar. That is the way that Lando would roll. I'm not sure and, that's true. I feel like Lando is very showy. Like he's yeah. the guy that that's would fair. be like at a bare minimum buying other people drinks at the bar. Maybe see, or know. he would coerce other people to buy him drinks by being showy but not spending any of his money because he wants to spend on the Sabacc table. I don't know. I feel like he doesn't need money at the Sabacc table because he's always, like, you know, uh, playing Cheating. with money he doesn't have. <laughs> Would you say that he has an ace up his sleeve? Something to that effect. <laughs> All right, so we are going to talk about the Callus and Lando reveals today because we got basically the full reveals. We had previously seen the unit cards and one command card from each. We got the remaining two command cards plus each of their flaw cards. So we'll talk about those, and then we'll talk about some maybe list spitballing ideas for uh, you know how to use these guys and what sort of lists to put them in. But first, let's hit housekeeping. You got anything for us, Mike? Yeah. So um, you know, if uh, you're looking to support us, please check out uh, Patreon.com/slash The Fifth Trooper. We have a um, what is starting to become a weekly uh, uh, podcast that is Patreon only, um, and that is the Fifth Trooper After Dark podcast, where we um, maybe give hot takes that are maybe not as like politically correct or you know what we really think. It's what we really think. Like you know, on here we kind of sometimes have to be like, you know family friendly uh and um (laughs) uh there we kind of let loose so um yeah check that out if you're interested um various fifth trooper members are on there every week depending on our schedules and stuff so check that out if you are interested um also just uh make sure that you check out our website at the fifth trooper.com slash shop um we've got all sorts of mats um legion related and we've got like some six sidebars up there um so that you can lay out your unit cards in a very organized fashion at your uh, battle tables now that we're um kind of people are getting vaccines and stuff you know i think it's time to start thinking about uh getting getting battle ready again so um as far as housekeeping goes i think i think that's it so we can kind of get into the meat and potatoes of all this sweet legiony goodness. Salt potatoes? Of course, salt potatoes. They're the only kind of real potato, and that's just the fact and truth of the matter. Sweet potatoes are pretty good. You're wrong. 
<laughs> All right. Um, Mike, you want to walk us through what's new with Agent Callus? I can walk us through what's new with Agent Callus. So um, we're not going to go through anything, unless I guess it's pertinent, that we have... This has been spoiled before, so I guess let's start off with... It's basically all command cards and his flaw, which is pretty important, right? So um, the command cards that we were not aware of previously were his 2-pip and 3-pip. Um, his 2-pip... So <laughs> I'd like to preface the command card conversation with something that Zach pointed out uh, earlier in some of the discords, and you can see him putting his... Uh, his glasses on for for effect i think um these command cards are all very wordy uh they you know um there's a lot of text on these cards so um i would encourage people to not uh i don't know i would i would encourage people to be optimistic about this i think that in uh the duration of the game's life like it's really difficult to just like slap some keywords on a command card and have it be interesting at this point. Like, you know, we're, we're two, three years deep into the game, like in order to continue to make cool and interesting effects, like you kind of have to like use words that, you know, I don't know. It's like, uh, the same thing happened in magic. Like magic cards used to be super simple and now they're really complicated because the game's 30 years old. Right. Um, and so, I think that that's just something to expect more and more of, frankly, you know, um, and the, and to be fair, these cards do cool things. So, um, well, and it, they're really like, once you sort of parse what's actually going on, the actual effects are really not that complicated. That's really why I wasn't saying I'm going to come. I was complaining. I was really more making, you were fun complaining, of them. bro. Don't. I was more, <laughs> I was more making fun of them than anything because I don't think they actually need to be as wordy as they are. There uh, has I, to be I simpler. think they do. I think there's simpler ways that it could be done. Well, so there, so when you finally thing. parse through them, it's way easier than what the card text reads. It just took, it just takes you a couple times to read it, to understand it. And once you understand it, like you're like, fine. But like it takes like three to four times to read through them. That was what was bugging me. And there has to be a way to make them a little less wordy. There is. I it's just yeah. it doesn't apply in this circumstance. So the whole reason yeah. that we keyword rules is like so that we don't have millions of miles of text on a card and like you just put it in the RG, right? And, and like you can easily duplicate it over and over again. But like these are effects that probably will never be duplicated. I would have I would guess. You know, at least not with the same wording. So, does it make sense to keyword them? Like, if you were to just, like, take ISB investigation and throw a keyword that said what ISB investigation on it and, like, throw it in the RRG, like... It's called being a chiss. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um, so, let's, uh, I guess that's my uh, premature rant about... Uh, a lot about of all the words, okay. All the all about all the words you're about to read for us. Yes. So, um, because these are wordy, I am just going to read them out on the cast. Uh, I think so that we can delve through exactly what these say because I do think that um, they're like effects that, like, until you use them, or it's not going to be super clear what they do. So, ISV investigation. Uh, it issues orders to Agent Callus in one unit. You declare a number. So. Uh, zero one two or three in this case and choose an opponent um 
That opponent sets aside face-up any command cards in their hand that have a number of pips equal to the declared number. That opponent returns these command cards to their hand after they select a command card in the subsequent round. So basically what this does is that you like choose one, they take their one pips, set them aside, and they can't use them the next command phase. It's basically what this says. Uh, and depending on the number you pick, that's the, the command card pips they set aside. Not super complicated, but it looks super wordy. Um, I think this is an instant top five command card in the game. Not close. Makes me sick. It's 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 up there with unique effects like change of plans, where like there are very few command cards in the game that just tell your opponent you can't do this. Period. Full stop. And this is one of those. Um, I found it interesting that in the preview article, they added like a Son of Skywalker card in there, basically taunting Luke players, which I thought was hysterical, mind you. Uh, I would like to see more of that in articles, like if a card like this is in there. But I'm pretty sure I didn't actually read the article, but like when you click on like the cards and like you flip through, Son of Skywalker is in there. And I just started dying laughing when I saw it. Um, because it's true, like if you say one and you're like Son of Skywalker and like you serve your master, like you have Luke and you've got both one pips. You're, you're, that's shut down for like basically two rounds, essentially, right? Like, because you're already in the command phase when it gets thrown down. The cards stay on the table and then you can't use it until like the next command phase. It's like, it's a whole mess. So, well, and sorry, I was going to say it does take a little bit of advanced planning. Yeah, it, it definitely does. I think like there's a lot of nuances to this card and how good it is. And I think it cannot be overstated how effective an effect like this is along with the fact that he has cunning um the fact that he has cunning in addition to this card like basically what this does is like at its base like this is like worst case scenario i sort of feel like is that like you just strip them of their one pips and then you can just play like ambush or whatever to ensure that you get to go first because their one pips are gone so you basically are giving ambush cunning to some effect with this card and then you have another card that has cunning on it right um so you basically you can like use this card to basically make yourself have cunning twice um which is really effective it's also worth noting that when you um choose a number for them to set aside they have to set those cards aside face up so like you can also use this card to like gain information, right? As like ISB investigation suggests, like if you have no idea what one pips they could be carrying and you name one, like you you just get to know. And that information is also super important and super relevant, particularly if like they're running like you know, Luke Lando R2, you know, there's like f- five one pips they could have and like knowing if they have blast off in their in their command hand is like super important, right? Well, you can't check their contingency cards though, right? It's just whatever's in their actual yeah, command Yeah, you hand. can't check their Not their contingencies, just yeah. to clarify that. It is, it is important that you cannot check their contingencies, but, you know, they can only have so many cards in their contingencies. Well, and uh, importantly, the, the, the pip effect still essentially works because when you use contingencies, you have to swap for equal pips. So even though, like, say your opponent has Luke, Lando, R2, and they've got Blast Off in their contingencies, and then they've got, you know, Son of Skywalker and Serve in their hand, you name one pip, they set aside Son of Skywalker and Serve. Even though you're not seeing that they have Blast Off, they still can't play it 
because they would have right. to play a one pip and then swap it for blast off, which they can't yeah. do. Yeah, like, so like you can hard counter the turn six blast off with yep. with Callus by just like I play ISB investigation on turn five one pip. You know, blast off. What regardless of where it is, is dead. You know, um, which yep. which I which I actually think is a good thing. You know, it makes makes taking R two a little bit more risky because he's tough to play without blast off sometimes. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts about ISB investigation? Uh, probably gonna have to say the same thing about pretty much every card. The art is great, um, and my other take would be that it's very thematic for what you would think an ISB agent would be. Um, like, as much as I joke around about the wording, it is what like an iconic ISB agent should be able to do in this game. Um, you know, whether that's Callus or like, I don't know, uh, I guess Gideon, right? Because Gideon used to be a uh, ISB agent, you know, from Mandalorian, like examples of like ISB agents. This That's what their job was to do, right? Is to basically recon information to get an upper hand against the opponent, right? Technically, right? And that's what this card basically does. And that's thematically great. Yeah, I also, for, for people that are like, scoping out card art for like future characters and stuff it's worth noting that it looks like Hera's on this card which is like yep. i'm like mm, yes and zeb, and, and zeb is on the one pip so like we're ghost crew is uh heavy in these cards which which makes sense right yeah you know he, yeah he is the hunter of specters that's literally his subtitle <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah um so looking at his three pip which is named ruthless tactics um, uh, it is Agent Callus in two units. After an enemy unit defends against a ranged attack, it gains one observation token or two observation tokens if it has a number of suppression tokens equal to or exceeding its courage value. During Agent Callus's activation, he may perform a free recover action. Um, so, I mean, free recover is great. It lets him flip his weapon um, and clear his suppression, which is awesome. Um, I think, so observation tokens, uh, I think this is, I could be wrong here, correct me if I'm not, but this is the first uh, iteration of observation tokens we've seen that is accessible to people that aren't mall, I think. Pretty sure that is correct, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, besides the um, the Viper Droids the and the Viper Specialist droid, Pack. Right. So yeah. basically this is the first non-separatist observation correct. droid. Or observation yep. tokens we've seen. Um, and so you can spend an observation token that's on an enemy unit to reroll one of your attack dice. Basically, they're half an aim token, assuming you don't have precise, to any unit shooting at the unit that has the observation token. Um, this card seems real good, too. Um, it seems kind of like... Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say a better coordinated fire. Um, but it's it kind might, of a different... might be a I better basically... coordinated fire. It's it basically feels like an offensive version of Rex's three pip, right? Like Rex gives out like some surge tokens and stuff like that, and he gets a free recover. This is more benefiting like the Imperial gun line, right? And and uh, yeah, it's I'll, first again the card art is like fantastic, um, and yeah, it's pretty seems pretty good. Like um, I th I think the key here is that. And maybe this is why it might be better than coordinated fighters that you could get it. You get an order on Callus and two units where coordinated fire is all core, too. You know, um, which is probably important because 
you know, Callus probably wants orders as much as possible, um, you know, in most lists, I would say. Yeah, this feels like a really strong... So I think, in particular, observation tokens are extraordinarily strong with snipers. Um, in that, yeah. like, a lot of the time with snipers, you're, like, only rolling one, re-rolling one die anyways with a name token a lot of the time because you, you rolled one hit and you really need a second or whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm spending this aim token, but not really getting full value, you know. Um, so I think that's neat. I also really like the lean into, like, the suppression side of the Empire playstyle. That really hasn't been um, underlined or underscored in any real way. Um, I feel like outside of like putting suppressive on unit cards um, up until this point, so it really punishes if your opponent has like one unit that's out of position and has act like if you, if you're repeatedly shooting the same unit over and over again, you know the first time or two that they get shot, they're they're getting one observation token, and then every time after that, they're getting two more which basically is a free aim token every time they get shot. So, and if you don't need it, you get to save it for another unit, right? It's, right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like this is definitely like a card where if you have a chance to focus fire something, you probably do. And, oh yeah. Yeah, cuz then you're fixing your dice on the same unit and whittling them down essentially. Yeah. It definitely yep. like takes a good sound like competitive strategy and is like here, if you do this thing that's already like really good, we are going to reward you for doing it more, right? And um, you know, I I think this is good. Um, yeah, and like in like a roundabout way of what you're saying, like with like snipers, the thing about observation tokens is that they're they're just versatile, right? Like the thing about aims is you roll those dice, right? And it's just on that one unit, and like if the dice hit, they hit. But like if you're adding observation tokens and adding them and adding them onto like a unit everyone's using them. Like everyone's getting the benefit of using them and it doesn't require an aim token to do so. Um, so it, it's just like, it's a versatile card is, is basically how I would describe it. Yeah. And I think you can like, you like if you catch a force user, like out of position and are able to just like pour a ton of observation tokens into them, like, man, you can just, you can really, um, like, I, I don't think it's like completely out of the question to get like, five or six aim tokens worth of observation tokens out of this card oh yeah definitely should we talk about a slot card we should you know um i think so let's just i guess go through it i gotta find it in this article that is like looking for Another great piece of art. A haystack um yeah so his flaw card is developing sympathies and so just as a reminder to everyone who maybe haven't played with Anakin or or whatever, um, a flaw card is a card that you uh, basically, your opponent can play in addition to their normal command cards if the criteria on the card is met and then an effect occurs. So in this case, Callus's um, flaw card says you may play this card at the start of the command phase if there is a wounded enemy agent callus at the end of the uh, uh that enemy agent callus's activation if he performed an attack he gains four suppression tokens um so if uh if anakin's flaw was this non 
of like I don't know this this feels like okay whatever I have a bunch yeah. of free recovers in the tank like I don't really care. I would <laughs> I would I would trade this for Anakin like twenty five out of ten times like essentially yeah. like it's so much more manageable um, the fact that the fact that it comes at the end of his turn means that it's really three if you get yourself in a good position right. It, or two um, if you have endurance. Or two if you have endurance. Yes. Or, or zero if you play either one of his free recover cards. Or if you bring the recover card. Well, like, so that's not true. It's so, at, yeah, because so the recover is after not, his activation. Right? Oh, that's right, because his recover is during, in the middle of his activation. And, and he receives right. these suppression tokens after his turn You're right. is over. But, so like, you can't actually yep. use them to, like, clear it off before they hit you. Yeah, you're right. Let's, let's say you bring another commander or you bring strict orders on him, right? Like... Um, because he has a command slot, right? Yeah, yeah he does. He's commander. So, so let's say you bring strict orders on him, right? Let's just put it in the perspective. You get four suppression tokens at the end of your turn. It's down three at the end of the turn. Two if you bring endurance. One if you bring strict orders and get him an order on the next turn. Like, if you just plan for the four suppression, which is not hard to do in this situation, it's really non-existent. Um, I mean, like my advice basically would be, you probably end him in melee or something like that and get ready to do something like the next turn or getting him into get him into position for the one pip the next turn uh you know like there's so many different ways to mitigate it that it's just like it's like whatever i mean it's just how i feel it's also like the clause on the card basically says if he performed an attack he gets a suppression token it's like if you think the suppression tokens are gonna bone you you just like just don't take an attack right yeah you know not that like like clearly um the card is like doing what it's supposed to at that point but like callus's attack is not so brutal like it's not darth vader's lightsaber you're not going to lose the game generally if you don't strike out right callus right so you know um it's a nice to have attack pool but a lot of callus's value is derived from places other than his you know his actual weapon profile i mean his yeah. weapon profile is pretty good don't get me wrong but like yeah. um you know, I don't know. This seems super manageable. Totally. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's basically the reverse of given to your anger, but without the most uh, devastating and important part of given to your anger, which is the activation um, timing thing. Yeah, um, I mean, if it was given to your anger, it'd be real bad for. Guys. Oh yeah, it'd be awful. Um, but yeah, the you know the the best part of given to your anger has always been the activation timing, and the suppression has been like whatever. Um, this is essentially just the suppression part. So yeah, it seems this seems like a very manageable flaw card. Yeah, I, I like it. I love that like a lot of his he's kind of got like a suppression y theme going on here and um you know it the you know, I like that his flaw is like, oh, I'm sympathizing with the rebels, but I'm still gonna kill them. You know, like, like, and that's like who he is in the show for the most part. You know, for the most part, yeah. You know, until it, until he becomes Fulcrum and starts yeah, overtly helping yeah, them. Yeah. But yeah, spoilers, Kyle. spoilers. Spoiler. I mean, sorry, <laughs> sorry. For like seventy five percent of the show, it's like I'm I'm sympathizing, but gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, you know, and so yeah. I I I think that this 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 is super flavorful. I. I dig that, and I think it's not an unbearably, unbearably burdensome thing to have. Um, so, uh, I think overall, Agent Callus is pretty strong um, as far as an addition to the Imperial Arsenal. 
Um, yeah, because I mean he's like what a one fifteen base with the weapon. Uh, like, I think he's one twenty five with the weapon. I think he's he or, sorry one fifteen. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, so like one fifteen base for what he brings to your army is like really good. Yeah, and you know he he generates aim tokens super easily. You know with alongside like tactical and charge or like mean combo. You know, um, you can you can offensive push and trigger tactical like multiple times, which I've never really thought about it, but it came up in the discord a long time ago when he was spoiled and just to reiterate it. And Luke basically confirmed it. Luke Eddie confirmed it, that you can, when you tap offensive push at the start of a turn, it does work twice. So like you can double move and effectively. Well, hang on. No, 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 no. That's not no, how doesn't. that acts. So the, the way that this no. works is that you put offensive push on him, you move while and you generate a name token. That's what I was, sorry, recover. You, you, you tap, you tap O-Push. Yes. So you, you have tactical two for the first move. Then you use one of his free recovers, assuming you played that. Offensive that's push the, comes I'm... back, you re-tap it. Offensive that's push it is was. not an action. Yeah. Therefore, you can use it multiple times in a turn. If that's what that it was. card had like a free action symbol on it, you would not be able to do that. I knew it yeah. came up, and I was trying to figure out what it was. Yeah, That's yeah. what it was. I wasn't sure if you could do it twice, like because because like when I was used to recovering force push, but you can't force push again. Like that's like what the interaction that I had in my head, and I never thought of using offensive push twice because typically you don't have a recover action to use it twice, right? In the middle of your activation. In the middle of your activation. Right. So like it, it had never occurred to me, and and like we're going through it, I'm like, no, offensive push can't like work twice. And then, like, we worked it all through, and I'm like, oh, crap, it does, because it's not an actual action. It just adds tactical, and because it's a free recover, it just, the card comes back, and next thing you know, you got four aim tokens. Now, I don't think you really need four aim tokens. Uh, it feels like overkill. Yeah. He already has tactical. So, with that being said, uh, you know, the fact that um, his um, bow rifle has lethal as opposed to pierce... I think it is kind of a big deal in that regard. Like you definitely are gonna want like two aim tokens when you when you attack with him, right? One for the dice and one for lethal. A lot of the time, um, you know. I also think that there's a lot of synergy there with like offensive push, ascension cables. Like he can be just like grievous in his way around the map, like very quickly if you want. I was legitimately thinking about cables as we were talking about him, like this whole time. I'm like, ooh, cables kind of look really juicy on him. Um, yeah, I feel like he's a bit of a shot in the arm that the empire needs a little bit. If I'm being honest, I know that we were, we talked them up last week and, you know, we're being very positive about them, but they still needed a little something. And this kind of feels like it, you know, it, it feels like it could help them out quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got the right, he's got the right upgrade slots. He's got the command slot, which is super important. You know, he's, he's kind of. Uh, when you equip him with the gun, he's sort of like what you want your commander to be. You know, when you take a ninety-point commander, you're looking for something that like can like wreck things. You know, and I feel like this is it. Um, and Veers and Krennic just like don't fit the bill most of the time. Um, so I guess to that effect, I mean, do you guys ever see yourselves taking him without the gun? No, I wouldn't. Um, personally, I mean, I've always been to preface this up. I've always been a dark saber Sabine guy. Right. And I know it's not necessarily the same comparison, but in a way it is the bow rifle is 
so good to have for one. You're giving him a really good range shot. And I'm not saying that I think his uh, main weapon is actually decent, but it's range two. The bull rifle extends him to range three, right? So he can kind of play at a range game. But if you're playing in a, in a game where you kind of need him to be a tanky, either like melee unit or like the or like a linebacker unit that can defend it against a melee unit, immune pierce is like huge. Like, um, it's just like there's the, the versatility, and especially with he has two sources of free recover, right? So he, he can reconfigure this weapon twice for free, um, and he doesn't need to take the recover action to do it. Like that is massive uh, to me. Um, I just think I just I think it's twenty. I just you just bake the twenty five points in honestly. I could see taking him without it, um, particularly for just for his command cards. Twenty five points is a lot. I think you probably, you know, like if you're making space in your list, that's one of the first things you want to make space for. But if you're just taking him to support operative Vader or something like that, I could see maybe getting a little tight on points and cutting it. Yeah, like I guess like. So I've I've been theory crafting a lot is you know uh, with Callus like the thing that comes to my mind that might be extraordinarily good that you might want to drop the weapon for is like <laughs> this is super pricey but like palp Callus and you're like ISB completely clears the way for and now you will die right like you just like you you ISB the turn before and now you will die and you're like, okay, I get to go first. Like sucks to be you, you know? And, um, I, I don't, there's not much you can do about it. I feel like that seems super strong. It's super expensive though, too. You know? Um, I don't know. It's just like Callus and Palpatine do very similar things and like a very controlling package. It's just like, once you have them in the list, there's not a lot of points left to like, take irg and other stuff too so i don't know i think you'd basically have to cut the irg for callus yeah. if you went that route i think so too which frankly might be okay i you know i mean like it's worth noting that you can like callus can be like a mini operative vader because he has like charge so could you like all the strings might not be terrible I, I in that kind of build maybe you just um can't think of the, the command cards eluding me, but the um, the one where you can give Guardian one. What's the word? Uh, what's the card? Oh, um, uh, the one that like never sees play anymore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. You could essentially make him an IRG unit by giving him that. Technically. So I, I, I probably could have put it in a better light. But. It, no, it's so true though. I can't think of the word either. Like I couldn't think of it either. So yeah, I haven't seen it in so long. It's still a legit uh, upgrade on Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. Even, yeah if, I mean, even if you're not taking callus, but, yeah. but like I'm saying, in this in this build where you're not bringing an IRG, it's almost like emphasized how good it could be in that kind of a list potentially. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know, to to the credit of like what we talked about last week, like if stormtroopers are good again, you know, I I think esteemed leader gets a lot better if you're like killing a stormtrooper as opposed to killing a short trooper with it. You know, like totally, totally. You're losing one white die and like, whatever you're it's keeping Palpatine up. The efficiency that you're like, just like the points cost of the thing that you're losing is like right. Totally. Um, so, do we want to hit our man with the capes? Uh, definitely. 
Uh, he's, pre- he's pretty good. Bring us the capes, Zach. He's, he's pretty good. Uh, here, here are my capes. Uh, actually, that's a Toy Story blanket. Um, so speaking of capes, so since, since we brought up capes, I'm going to start with the one pip because I never noticed in the original uh, article for Lando, and I don't think anyone noticed, that there is a, uh, an alien figure hiding inside the cape. Uh, if you look at Idiot's Array, the one pip, uh, Lando's cape is like flapping in the breeze. And um, there is, uh, I can't think of the word. What is Cat Bane? I'm like, Duros. Duros. I'm losing you, these words tonight. Do you know who right? that is? That's a exactly. specific alien. Well, he's from the, he's from the game. I, I never played the game. Uh, he's from Shriv. Battlefront 2, right? Unbelievable. Come on, man. It's Shriv. All right. So it's Shriv. See, uh, I never played the campaign. I, I'm not a campaign guy except for Jedi Fallen Order. I did play that because it's really good. Um, but like, yeah, Battlefront 2 is just like a game where I just went right into multiplayer. But anyways, the one of this idiot's Ray, which is kind of a funny name. Uh, and like I said, he's flapping in the, in the cape and there he is hiding in there. It's kind of cool. Um, but the card uh, gives an issue to an uh, order to Lando. It's Lando Calrissian gains Gunslinger and Marksman. This is where I need my glasses uh, props somewhere. Um, if there is a three pip command card in your discord, discard pile, Lando Calrissian gains one aim and one dodge token, or two aim and two dodge tokens. If there is a three pip card and a two pip card, or three aim tokens and three dodge tokens. If there is a three pip card, a two pip card, and a one pip card. So this is where again. It, it's a card that kind of needs all of the text somewhat, but like once you break it down, it's really simple and you don't need all the text, but I understand why it's so mouthy and wordy. Um, it's a card that basically is benefited by you playing it later in a game, right? Because the later you play it in the game, the more cards you have in your discard pile, the more tokens you get, um, which kind of rolls into his flaw card which we'll get to um it's kind of super important but we'll get to it afterwards just because we're speaking about the command card uh in any case it's not like a card you want to play like turn two i mean i can if you come into a situation where you need to play a turn two that's fine but like you essentially want to play this like four or five or six because your discard pile has enough ways to get you tokens and um lando is like Lando's like a, a character that basically has low output technically on offense because he only throws two dice, right? And he's a little bit fragile because he rolls white dice on defense. So you kind of want these tokens on him to one maximize his offensive output on the on the gunslinger and marksman because aims are really good for marksman number one and gunslinger. You're, you're pulling off two attacks, so you want as many aims as you can garner. And two, you're getting dodge tokens the more you have the cards out, which kind of, you know, makes him beefier. So he's not like very easy to take off the table, which can happen with white dice. If, if you've never played Cassian, right? And, or if you have played Cassian, you put him in a precarious spot to get his, you know, his uh, pistol out. Sometimes he dies, right? Like that's just, sometimes that happens. That is going to happen with Lando. Like, to be honest with you, that's what happens with white dice heroes. You get yourself in a position, you think they're going to live, they die. Um, anyways, it's a little bit of a rant of me trying to say, have cards in your discard pile so you can token him up and, and insulate him on both sides of the, of the uh, pendulum. Um, all in all, it's a really good card. Personally, 
I think it's a card that I would keep stashed in contingencies um, for late, you know, and you pull it out. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of different things you can do with it. Um, Gunslinger Marksman's fantastic, even with the small dice pool. Uh, like you're basically, if you could set yourself up to get basically four crits and two attacks with Pierce one, like it's pretty good, even with Sharpshooter. Like, but there's crits are always really good, right? I mean, like crits are crits. You know. Yeah, I um, you know, he's he's got a he's got a small dice pool, but it's super reliable between Pierce and Sharpshooter too. It's almost the same as um, Padme's dice pool when you give her the E five. It's basically like I'm gonna just pick up one guy every single turn, sometimes two. That's it. And super you reliable. To, you just have to go in the mindset with that. Like, don't like not every character needs to have like this twenty dice pool thing that can wipe out a unit like taking out a model a turn or model a shot is like super good especially when you like when you're whittling units down and you have them down to like a unit leader or like a heavy weapon in a unit Mm -hmm. leader like those shots are so important and to have that reliable dice pool is very important yeah and it's good for situations where you don't want to have to worry about cover like when you're trying to scope something or you're trying to line up, you know, a super narrow shot on one or two guys, you're going to be doing a lot of that with Lando because he doesn't care that he can't see the rest of the unit, right? He's got sharpshooter too. Just pick up one to two guys. That's his attack. So um, it's nothing splashy, but it's decent. Mike, you're awfully quiet over there. Um, I feel like what I want to say about this card isn't super relevant until we get to his flaw. Okay. The flaw, um, the flaw card really plays into. Should I just go know, into the flaw? I, I mean, no. I think we, we can we can cover all in and then. Um, okay. I, I, I think we card, can, The flaw you, card's you know, important to this. Yeah. For sure. I think I think we can comfortably say this is his worst command card of the three. I do, and yes. I, like, I think that um, I Zach, I, I guess I agree that you're probably keeping this in your contingencies if you're taking it at all. That's the thing. Like, um, and we can get to that afterwards, but like. I agree that like if you have him like with like let's say Luke and like R two, I don't even know if you even take it. Yeah, You're not. that's kind of that's kind of where I'm. You know, at, you know, I, yeah. I sort of think that this card is sort of a trap because if you need it, your flaw is online and your opponent can just say no. And, and yeah, we, can, we can get to the flaw. Let's let's yeah. just do the flaw right okay. now before yeah, we do yeah. all in because the flaw is very relevant for idiots array. First off, the flaw might be my favorite artwork in the entire game. Uh, it, it, it is really real. so it classic. Number one, it's classic. Number two, well, describe it, what it is. It looks like Billy freaking D, man. Like it looks so good. So it's Vader pointing at Lando, and it's called "I've Altered the Deal." Now, if you've watched Empire Strikes Back, which I'm, if you're listening to this podcast, you play Star Wars Legion. I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure you've seen Empire Strikes Back. I mean, it, let's be clear. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen Empire Strikes Back, you need to like hit the pause button, <laughs> go get it, watch it, and then come back because your nerd card is being revoked until you go do that. <laughs> and and like out of like so many different scenes, like you remember so many things about Luke and like Vader, and but this is like the one scene of like Lando's you kind of remember because like Vader like pulled the rug out from underneath him and you saw Lando kind of like be shocked by it. And um, the artwork's just fantastic. 
uh, anyways, the, the, um, the wording on it is, you may play this card at the start of the command phase if there are at least three cards in the discard pile of an opponent who controls Lando Calrissian. That opponent cannot use their contingencies or Lando Calrissian's command cards. Um, which is why I think it's possible you want it in your contingencies because you're kind of double dipping, right? You're putting a card in your contingencies and it's one of Lando's card. So you're not losing two cards, right? You're only losing one. Um, now I say that you want to kind of wait for your discard pile to pile up, but you probably want to do it around two. Um, the note, the most notable way to get around it is by playing standing orders a couple of turns, right? Um, that way your discard pile, like at turn, let's say you play standing orders round one and standing orders round two, which is a little inconceivable in rebels list, mind you, um, by turn four, you only have two in your discard pile, right? Which is where you want to play the card, like around four or five or six, like I said. Um, but if you wait for cards to pile up in your discard pile and you go to play it, it ain't going to feel good. It's, it's not going to feel good. Yeah, so I actually think um, <sighs> this is on the level, I think, of Anakin's flaw card, frankly. I think so, I think, it, I think it's very close, and, and I think at first glance... It's not as apparent as to why it, it is. Now, with yeah. that being said, because Lando is not a focus piece, it's like not as big of a deal, but it, it's like this is this card is crippling. And I, I wanna be clear about that. Yeah. I was just gonna um, say, I think it might be more crippling because eh, well I mean, it's it's it, tough to like It's a different way to put it, but it's apples to oranges a little bit. Yes, yeah, totally. But Lando Lando is there to basically support another piece in in the army, right? And if you essentially don't plan around this card and you are burning command cards in an order that you're not like let's say a game goes a different way and you already have like a game plan in your mind on how you're playing command cards or an order you want to because of the flaw card. But things go awry and you start playing command cards a little bit differently. And you get to this point where this flaw card is played and all of a sudden you're scrambling to play a command card you need, but it's in your contingencies or it's one of Lando's, you could be like seriously like boned. So so my my fundamental issue with why this flaw is crippling is that this flaw will get played every game. Like it just, it will. No, like hands down, totally. it's going to happen. And if it hasn't happened yet, it will happen on turn six, which if the game is close, um, you know, you have, you need to have played your command cards. Th this, this flaw changes the fundamental order in which you're going to play your command cards, right? Because like, you, you know that something in your contingencies is going to get locked. And if it doesn't get locked until turn six, it's going to get locked on turn six. Um, I think... You definitely try, if you're taking Lando command cards, you're keeping Lando's command cards in your contingencies if if you can, right? Like, you might only be taking one or two, um, probably two. Uh, but if you do take them, they're not going in your standard command hand because, like, if you put them in your standard command hand, this card locks you out of those command cards and anything that you could contingency into with other command cards, and that's just real bad. You're, um, like, you're literally playing, like, whammy and like you're screaming no whammy no whammy no whammy and hoping you don't even double whammy like essentially i, yeah. I have a slight counterpoint um the one way to sort of 
mitigate the impact of this card is to do a combination of two things. One is to play Lando's cards early from your hand instead of from contingencies so that you're not inflating the size of your discard pile too quickly. And the second is to basically put your situational cards that you're somewhat unlikely to need in your contingencies pile. Um, well, yeah, like I am a Jedi has been something I've right. been bringing up. Like that is like the perfect conting- contingency card because that is a card you play like probably like one in like seven games, we'll call it. Exactly. That's what, yeah. that's what I mean. I just like, so, yeah, I don't know. So I sort of feel like I am a Jedi is not even that great to keep in your contingencies just because like the turn that I am a Jedi is going to be good is going to be super obvious. And like, they're just going to play I've altered the deal. And and the chances that they can't play I've altered the deal at that juncture are pretty low. I think I think another workaround, which Kyle, since you're bringing up like work, is is like you kind of try and bait your opponent to play it a turn early, potentially. Like I know that like you're talking about like a turn six like situation, but like you could also try and bait your opponent to play it like round four or five, like if they think you're gonna throw down like Son of Skywalker or like um, sorry about the mess or something. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, and so I guess that's where I think like. You just you just keep your like the cards that you fundamentally can't lose like those just start in your command hand with Lando. Yeah, like, I don't disagree. Yeah. You know? I, well, I that's mean, that's what I mean by putting your situational cards in contingencies. Yeah, totally. You know, I just um, I think situational cards are good, but I like I'm not like so the thing with Lando is that you are going to be super flexible, but you should never get into a situation where like it's make or break based on playing a card out of contingencies, right? Like if, if playing, playing something out of contingencies loses, like if you don't play it, you lose the game. Um, like you, I don't want to say you've messed up, but like you, you've put yourself in very dangerous water because that's how you lose with Lando. Um, because they're just like, no, you can't do that. And, and if your opponent is good, they'll know similarly to like Anakin's flaw card, you know, if you have a, an opponent who's skilled and plays a lot, like they're gonna know when to play this, and and if you don't and you haven't played it yet, always play it turn six. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like like, um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think we'll see how crippling this ends up being. It's sort of unclear because of it, the intangibles here are very different. But yeah. It's a little harder to assess than just not being able to give your focus piece in order. Yeah. Like that that is clearly bad, right? Right. right. Yeah. This is this is potentially meh and potentially sometimes really bad when you need a specific card. Yeah. yeah. I'd put like like Anakin's if like zero is good and ten is bad. Like Anakin's is like a nine, Lando's is like a six or a seven, and Callus is like a two. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um Aside from that, we saw his three pip, which is all in, which we alluded to. Yeah. Uh, that's Lando Calrissian in two units. Um, each enemy unit at range one to three and in line of sight of Lando Calrissian gains two observation tokens. The line of sight is very important there. Uh, before Lando Calrissian rolls dice during an attack, 
also important, it says an attack. It doesn't mean it's Lando making the attack. It doesn't matter if someone else is making the attack. It says an attack, which the is the amount of people important. I've had to explain that to this it's week. Super it's super so important. Many. They're like, yeah. they're like, I don't understand why you can declare blocks, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you may declare a block or a crit result, which is why I was saying, emphasizing, it doesn't matter who's making the attack as long as an attack is happening with Lando Calrissian, one way or the other. Um, you may declare a block or a crit result. After your reroll dice step, if there is at least one of the declared result, add two matching results. If there is not, your opponent removes up to two dice. So it's Lando, it's gambling, and I effing love it, okay? I effing love this card. Uh, I'm, I'm holding super, myself super back. Super thematic. It is unbelievable. Um, I mean, I figured he would have like a gambling mechanic, mind you. I didn't think it would have like actual like dice implication. Like I figured dice implications would be involved. But we're t- like, but I thought maybe like you would like change a result, right? Like I thought maybe like you'd like flip a die over or something, right? We're talking about adding and subtracting like dice that might not even be involved. Like basically, right? If you take an attack with Lando and you declare a crit, and he rolls a surge or a crit. Because it is no, in no, the no, reroll. Well, hang on. Oh, it's, sorry. So it's before the surge converts, actually. Yep. Yes. So it has to be a natural crit. So it, it that changes it. So, well, hold up. So it does have to be a natural crit, but you can manipulate the dice with aim tokens and marksmen and sure. things of that nature. So you can, you know, I guess marksmen you can't actually use because that's on a different computer. That's on his one. Pit, but yeah. you can use yeah. aim tokens. Unless you get a supply drop. That's that's true. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a little bit narrow, but I like where your head's at. I like uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, normally that supply drop marksman card is like, why do I want this? Um, but here you go. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. This is this is. Uh, I've I've seen a lot of people like talk about like you should always declare. I don't think that's true. <laughs> um, always declare crits. Always declare both. Um, and I, 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 I don't, don't think you ever want to do it on an attack. Almost never. Yeah. Unless I mean, you have like a giant pile of aim tokens. So, so here's the thing. I think that, um, and you need the crits for like armor. I think this is situational. So, like, I think that there are scenarios where, like, one pierced hit doesn't do you anything, yeah. but like three might, right? Right. And so, I think in those scenarios, are the scenarios you're like, well, like this attack really doesn't do anything, but if I use all in and get lucky, like maybe maybe I kill three guys, right? Um, and I think the, the defensive one, I would never use unless you're being pierced, I think. Or it's like a ginormous attack pool where you're rolling so many dice that you're yeah. probably going to roll a block already. Yeah. Like if he yeah. gets plastered by like a fives fire support, yeah, you right. know, you might as well just do it. Right. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, um, though it's, you know, sometimes you roll eight B one dice and they all die. You know? uh, sure. But he does also have uncanny luck. Which I think you get to use before this, right? That's true. That is very true. So yeah. I guess yeah. It's, it's a little bit better. Um, but I do think, I don't know. Um, I haven't actually done the math, but I think uh, you definitely want to do it when they have Pierce, for sure. There's there's like a... I'm going to have to figure it. Like, I'm going to have to send this, because I'm curious. There's like a number of dice where it becomes... Defense dice that you're rolling, where it becomes... You should always do this at yeah. some point. yeah statistically better to just declare it i'm not sure what that number is yet but i mean ideally right it's a three pip you're probably playing it early in the game 
earlier in a game and Lando's probably in a position. If you probably like last Lando into position, you could play it. Right. And then declare the crit on an attack and then just get the hell out. And like you either strike for gold or you strike for none. Like that's, that's the way I read the card. Right. But you're getting observation tokens out for the rest of your army. I mean, the way I see it, like that's, that's how I see it. I go for the gamble. Go for, I mean, I'm a gambling guy. I, I mean, feel go for the gamble. I think it's super thematic. I think the observation token text could like, you should play this card sort of like it's not there a little bit unless you like, I don't know. Yeah. Don't trap yourself into getting into a position just to get observation tokens out there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just like, if, if you're hitting like more than two units with this, like that's great, but yeah, of course you need to be super careful. I think. Yeah. Well, you need to activate Lando immediately and yeah, run away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, but the thing is, because it's a three pip, like chances are you're not going like it. So if Lando is an exposed position, your opponent is going to be incentivized to go early if there are things at range three of him. I, I don't know. Sure. You know, I think I think that there it's a little bit of a trap. Um, to like try and like score the jackpot on the observation tokens on this card. Um, now that's not to say that you can't like, like, like we were kind of saying with Callus's um, card, like catch a unit out of position, slap yeah. a couple observation tokens on it, totally. and kind of go to town, right? Um, but I don't. This this is not Callus's card. Just no. <laughs> it, and it sort of it's... reads like it should be, I, and it's it's not. It's way less proactive. It's definitely. It's definitely a situation like if if somehow Lando is in the middle of a bunch of enemy units and you've got, you know, a bunch of DLTs and stuff behind him and you throw this down, it's, okay, maybe Lando's going to get plastered, but you're still going to get a bunch of rerolls and it might be good. Um, yeah. But maybe it's not nearly as... Attack. He's like, right. Okay. But it's not nearly as proactive and controllable as Callus's, which I guess makes sense on theme for Lando, you know. Um, I mean, it, the flavor of the card is like is great in that respect, right? Oh like, yeah, I'm I'm all in. You know, yep, <laughs> you, know? Right. Is, you know, I straight up, I'm just gonna declare blocks every every time. And yeah, right. <laughs> and, and like, I think that that is really cool and thematic and on brand. I just like, um, from a competitive standpoint, like if you're at that point in a game, something's gone horribly wrong, and you're like, it's yeah. nice that you have effects that can like maybe bring you back. I guess. But, yeah, if you get lucky, you know, right? You're yeah. Lando's in a in a position where he's surrounded by dudes. You throw this down. You drop a bunch of observation tokens on him. They attack Lando. You declare blocks. You roll a block. He saves out of it. He runs away, and then the rest of your army starts shooting. Like it's, you know, there are situations where this could go amazing. There are oh, other situations yeah. where it is live <laughs> gambling on a legion yep. table with it Lando is. Calrissian. Like it's great. Is, the dream right yeah. there. Um, it's great it team. Should, Just it don't count noted, on it. It should be noted, uh, and Kyle, you alluded to this earlier, play this like you're scoping something. Try and get into like a range of a unit where only like one or two guys can see you and set up like a flanking shot of another unit that can turn the corner and hit them with the observation tokens. Like there's ways to set it up where Lando can be in a position to get observation tokens on something that can't kill him, right? Like you can totally set yourself up where you're gambling correctly. Um, you you know, gotta load the deck. You know, stack the deck. Yeah, yep. stack the deck. Yeah, let's load the dice. Not, yeah, yeah. Put some, yeah, put some aces in there. All right. Um, 
what sorts of lists are you running Lando in? Oh, come on. I think, like, let's let's get real here. Like, there's one list. It's super... I mean, there, I'm sure there's more than one. But, like... There's the a list ton. Is, the, the, the main list is super, oper- super obvious. It's also super operative in that it's, you're taking the super operative. Um, Lando Hopper is just, like... I, I, it's, like... I don't know. It's peanut butter and jelly, man. Like, yep. I, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. I posted in the chat. It's up. It was, it was Lando op Luke five DLTs and three snipers or something like that. Like ridiculousness. I don't know if it was quite that, but like, you it was that a I'd, I'd swap out R2 for DLT and that was, but yeah, well, we discussed that. Like you can interchange some things for like a medic or R2. Like there's definitely things you can do in there. It, but like, this is like first glance. I'm like, wow, you can get a lot of things in there. Um, and the thing, the thing that we've discussed quite a bit about rebels is that sometimes you kind of miss the dice pools that can kind of deal with like separatists. Right. And it should be noted that like Lando operative Luke, like rebel trooper spam, probably with, it will struggle against like AATs and stuff like that. But let's say you're playing against like a lot, you know, droid heavy lists. You have the dice pools to deal with it. Um, you know, I mean, we didn't go over Lando's two pip. But, you know, because that was released earlier, but you could if in the right situation, you could possibly get a standby token on Op Luke, right? And get like four attacks from Op Luke off, which is like magical Christmas land, right? Like, and what I mean by that is you get this, you get you get the standby token on him. That's an attack, regular attack that turn, you place on a Skywalker, two more attacks. And of course, again, it's magical Christmas land, but it's there. Um, and and the option is there. Um, but like I don't know how you don't look at Lando and let's say you've been land like running like Cassian and like, and Luke together. How do you not look at Lando and just be like, all right, take, take Cassian out, throw, you know, Lando in and staple vigilance to him. Like the command slot on Lando is essentially what you want in like a Luke list, right? Like, first of all, you can covert ops him just like Cassian can. You can get him into a position that is like smart, not dumb like don't infiltrate and get him shot get him into a spot where like you know that operative luke's probably going to travel towards or just like a little slightly above the army and just get into a spot where you know luke's going to and next thing you know luke's got a dodge token for like the entire game which probably like has to be like one of the most annoying things on planet earth i haven't played against it or played with it but i assume it can't be a fun experience because luke Luke with dodge tokens is like a dangerous fella yeah, he is. <laughs> I mean, th- there's two reasons that he's good with Luke. Primary, well, there's three. You mentioned vigilance; that's one of them. Um, this his two pip with the free standby token. You mentioned that one; that's two. And then contingencies, so you can take. I mean, Luke Luke has six command cards. It's like a couple of which, like I am a Jedi, are extremely situational. But when you when you get to play them, they're ridiculous. So. Um, you know, and it's it also it, it gives you like a like a safety valve for I am a Jedi that gets you out of the downside of that card basically with contingencies because when you play it, Luke can't attack. So if you misplay it, you play it at the wrong time, like you're screwed. You just took your best piece off the table for a turn. But with contingencies, you can play I am a Jedi and then swap it out for another three pip all in or Return of the Jedi or whatever. If you played it at the wrong time, or better yet, you just throw it in your contingencies and you play. Return of the Jedi are all in, and then if you need I am the Jedi, you swap it in. So totally, um, yeah. And that's the thing about like I am a Jedi, and we discussed, you know, like, we alluded to earlier. It's like it's like a card that like 
the effects of the card only really matter like one in like seven games. But the thing is, is that like that one in seven might like probably wins you the game. Like I've won games with I am a Jedi. It just sometimes when you're building a list, you're like, I can't take it because it's so situational and I need him to be able to attack. I'll just take assault or something instead, or I'll take Cassian's three and Luke's, you know, in return of the Jedi. Um, th- like you said, it's like a safety valve that gives you a card that is a winning card. Like I am a Jedi. I always say it is, is a win is like a game winning card in the right situation. Um, it's personally one of my favorite cards. Um, and I say that as someone that typically doesn't take it anymore because I just can't afford to. Uh, well, now I can't. Uh, and I'm excited about that. Um, I, I do think uh, in whatever meta shakes out next um, with these two releases, um, I hope Empire is good in that, like, I actually think Callus is kind I'm not going to say he's a hard counter to Lando, but he's definitely a soft counter in that, like, ISB into Lando's flaw is like real strong and like you you get some real manipulation going on there and it's uh, I think as a Lando player not gonna be super fun (laughs) um basically you're just not gonna get to play the cool cards you want to play for two turns um in a row uh you know because ISB is going to prevent you from playing them and also reveal where the cards are to some degree. Like they're either going to see them and know they're not in your contingencies so that they can target something else with Lando's flaw, or they're not going to not see them and know that the things that they are dangerous are in your contingencies. So they're going to be able to drill you when they need to. Right. So, um, Lando players watch out for that. (laughs) You need to, if you see callus across the table, you should immediately be thinking, how am I going to navigate these really choppy waters? How do I kill him as fast as possible? <laughs> Pretty I see much. what you did there. Choppy. Well, you choppy know, waters. You know. Um, yeah. He's de- that's definitely a specifically a tough matchup for him. To- totally. You know, I think it's just, it's like, um, the flaw is just particularly exaggerated in that matchup, I think. Um, in, in a, I mean, I think Palpatine is, like, sort of similar to that effect. You know, like, um, and heaven forbid you're playing against both of them at the same time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but That sounds terrible. Right? A little bit. So, you know, I do think um, I want to, like, really caution players that, like, maybe are newer to the game about, like, you're going to hear Lando particularly be, like, super hyped and like you're gonna hear people say he's awesome and amazing, but all of Lando's value is like in very small like microtransactions throughout the game, you know, like like he's he's getting his values from from being able to have more options, and when you're newer to the game, it is harder to take advantage of those options because you're not gonna know when to use them. So. I'm not saying don't play Lando, but like there's a lot of learning that goes and that is involved in playing Lando, um, like a ton. And like, even 
I think experienced players are going to like fall into the trap of, oh, I messed up the command cards I played and in what order, I just lose this game, you know? Um, it's very much like you're playing a Sabacc game the whole game, and you gotta you got to figure out, and you're going to have to play five or six Lando games before you're like, oh, I get it now, right? The best um, way I can describe it, and this might not be for new players, but more for like veteran players, is like, if you ever played Flyboys before, you have to play it similar to that, right? Like Fly, one of the hardest thing about Flyboys was navigating how to position your two character, um, you know, situation and how to play their command cards. Now, for those that don't know, Flyboys was Han and Luke in like the earlier stages of the game, and the reason why that was so important was because Han really needed to be at range two, and Luke really needed to be in your face in certain matchups, and you had to navigate how to play their command cards because the cards that made Han best were very selfish cards, right? Like reckless diversion. You don't want to put an order on Luke, right? And because you don't want him being shot and sorry about the mess only gives an order to Han. Now it's not quite the same because Lando has more flexibility of who gets orders, but the order of how you're playing cards and where you position on the table is about the same. Um, if not more important, thinking about the order you play cards might be more important in this situation, believe it or not. So like you have to just go in knowing that you have to in the command phase, don't say, well, like a lot of times when I play, like, let's say we're just talking Lando Luke in a vacuum, right. Or like just Luke Skywalker in a vacuum. And I'm sure Kyle, you can like attest to this situation, especially with playing Luke or Dooku all the time. You go into a round, you say to yourself, all right, I'm going to position myself to play my ally as the force next turn because it's a two pip. I'm in position. I can jump over this wall. I have a dodge token. I'll be in a great spot. Or like a game that we alluded to a while back was you had Dooku that could get to a wall and you knew you could play as one pip the next turn. Like when you're playing a force user, you're always positioning yourself to think about the next card that you could play the turn after and you're in a position, right? You're doing that, but now it's even more complicated because you got to make sure you're not putting yourself in a position that gets you caught with your pants down because Lando got flawed and the card you need is in contingencies, which boils down to the fact that the important cards for your, you know, primary piece probably need to be in your hand. Right. But let's say you contingency, you put them in contingencies because you're just not used to those cards or something like that. And you position yourself next thing, you know, what do you do? Like, you're just like, you're sitting at the table. Like, what do I do to get out of this position? And it's going to take several, several games to get that down pat. Uh, for sure. Which is why I think that Callus and Lando are probably going to be legal for Invader League, right? But they might not make the splash that you're expecting because you need reps with both of them to understand how to navigate the table with them. And the one thing that we emphasize on this podcast, and we say it every single episode, when we are talking about competitive viableness, right? It is about across five to seven games that you have to win straight. And if you don't have those reps with Lando and you don't have those reps with Callus and you don't understand how they completely navigate a table, you might not be able to rely on, rely on them for five to seven games in a row or not rely on them the way that you know. Like, let's say, Mike, you want to go play Callus, right? You don't have the reps that you have with them and you're not playing Rexstar, right? Or Arcstar, right? And you're in a game and you're like, oh crap, what do I do? I haven't played Callus enough to know this, right? Like, that's not gonna be, that's not gonna feel good. And that's why I think that you're going to see them sprinkled in, but they might not make the splash that you're expecting. 
Yeah, they're definitely hard to use. But I think they're both very solid. Oh, they're they're both extremely, extremely good, I think. Um, you know, we'll see. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. They're both interesting. I'm <clears throat> not to, like, gripe, but I'm kind of upset there's not a command upgrade in here that has contingencies one on it. It seems like it's, like, I don't know. Uh, that could have been, like, a 10-point upgrade or something, and, like... I, I don't know. I kind of like that it's unique to the two characters. I so I just I think the effect is cool and cool and I think the effect is so good that it just like I think it should be available to an army if you want it. Like, you know, like having a contingency plan isn't like that off theme for any army, you know? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um yeah. I think that it's like, I think it's like something that makes sense for Lando. I think it's a little weird that Callus has it. Um, really? I mean, yeah. he, do, he does get evaded a lot. I mean, for for yeah. a man that failed as much as he did, he the fact that he's allowed contingencies is interesting. It, yeah, it's yeah. He's sort of the like token competent but not nearly not quite competent enough villain in the first couple seasons of rebels yeah and then thrawn shows up and is like what are you doing well that's the thing right like <laughs> if callus has contingencies too like thrawn's gonna have to have like contingencies 10 like yeah I, that's you know, like i don't know that's how i feel i mean mike and i are are very big thrawn fans right i mean as you can, that's thrawn right there right like thrawn's like slurries like right there behind me okay like we're big thrawn fans like and you see this and you're like well if he has two what the hell does thrawn have yeah. Um, you know, it just and I understand well, why I understand why Lando has it for for its worth, but I just wouldn't think it'd be contingencies. It's more like a gambling that feels like a gambling another gambling thing for Lando. For the record though, for as smart as he is, Callus picked the winning side and Thrawn didn't. <laughs> you don't you don't know that. You don't know that. And this is a rebel player and I love rebels. I Thrawn mean, He's still alive. He's Frankly, in space with somewhere with some whales. Well, and... Let's let's be let's be real here for a second because spoilers, everyone. Sure. Uh, I mean, I mean, if, if people haven't finished the Mandalorian season two by now, okay. like, I mean, we can't we can't spoil the end of that. I there are people out okay. there that haven't. All right, that's fair. But but with that being said, like you know, I mean the his the side the. Thrawn picked end up ended up like destroying half the galaxy in in the sequel trilogy. So I don't know. It seemed like he didn't pick that poorly, you know. <laughs> and, and to be fair, if you read the books and you get inside the mind of Thrawn, he doesn't necessarily pick sides. Well, he doesn't pick the Empire at least. That, yeah, he is. Thrawn is a master manip- not a manipulator, but he is a master like he's like the the epitome of like five D chess. Well, he's that's, that's playing, the thing. He's got contingency like, plans on contingency plans on contingency plans. Yeah, like that's his thing. I yeah. you know um, he's I don't know he's gonna have to have like a like a master contingenator keyword. No, his, his his uh his contingency plan is going to be show me all of your command cards face up for the entire game. And I'm going to know what you have across the board, basically. Like, that's just how he is. He always was ahead of the game. Um, I, uh, yeah, it so, just feels weird that Callus has it. That's, that's it, 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 you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
Um, we'll, we'll see what, I mean, I think Thrawn is probably a long ways off, so, you know, oh, we'll see. Totally, but, totally. All right, any final thoughts, gents? Um, looking forward to what people do with this stuff. I'm hoping, uh, particularly with Callus, that, like, people do, like, some funky, crazy stuff that, like, I haven't thought of. I, I feel like Lando is a little bit more, uh, you know. He kind of plugs into almost any rebel list where you wanted to take more than six command cards. Yeah, I sort of think, you know, if you're playing multiple characters in a rebel list, like one of them is just Lando, probably. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, but but Callus, like, you have to be way more... Um, Intentional. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. uh, I'll be interested to see what people do with it. I want to try him with Operative Vader. I think, yes. I, you know, I... Oh man, I've been putting lists together like all week since the spoilers, and I just I don't know. We'll see. It, it's tough to get in a lot of like oomph after. It's hard. It's hard to fit the yeah. It's hard to fit the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But we'll see. Yep. All right. Well, we are the notorious scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. I'm Zach. And we'll see you next week. Stay fresh, sheep bags. 